The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In this economy, are you making the money you could be making? Welcome to High Yield with your hosts, Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. The old ways don't work anymore, so let Frank and Dave help you find new high-yielding opportunities. You can start by tuning in for the next hour. Now, here's Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. Welcome to High Yield, the show that explores new paths to success in troubled America. Today we're going to explore a topic that most people have never, probably ever considered before this show, and that's how living in a small town can improve your quality of life. Now, both Dave and I live in small towns, and we're very passionate about the benefits that small towns have to offer. Yeah, and it's uh, you know one thing to make money, but there's really no point in making money if you can't really keep it. So, you know, small towns for us, you know, have been the magic formula to actually, you know, keep our money and, and do what we want with it. Well, at the same time, you know, really offering a better living environment, you know, for you know both you and your family. Right, Dave, and uh, and I thought we'd start off the show by just going over a few experiences in my life. You know, I started off in a big city. Uh, I I was tempted into curiosity on small town living through some experiences over different summers and stuff where I lived in small towns. But I thought I could give you the chronology of 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 how I got interested in it, and then ultimately made the move to a small town. The the first time I probably thought as an adult about small town living is back when I owned my billboard company and I had dinner with a landowner that I was building a billboard on and he lived in a small town and we were just making conversation and I'd ask him about living in a small town and he proceeded to tell me the story which I, I later looked up and he was pretty accurate on the gold rush. Uh, basically that most of the guys who went out in the gold rush panning for gold did pretty well at it. You know, most people think a lot of them went out and they could not find any gold, but back then apparently there was enough gold that if you went into the right basic areas, you, you could do pretty well at it. In fact, some did very well at it. But the problem would be a lot of the miners, they would go out and pan for gold all day and pick out with their pick and lived a very rough lifestyle and they'd make all the you know they they they'd save up all these bits of gold and then they'd go to town on the weekends or once a month or something and they'd blow it all so they you know they they were working like dogs to 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 find all this gold they'd find a a a fairly large amount of gold they would then go to town and they would spend all the gold so a lot of the miners would come home with nothing to show for it, but the, it wasn't because they couldn't find the gold. It's because they would go to town and lose all their gold. So his contention was the smart gold miners were the guys who never went to town. They, they saved up their gold, but when the other miners went into town to get drunk, whatever the case may be, they didn't go. They stayed at the campsite. They let those guys bring back their provisions, but they kept hoarding their gold and not going to the city and blowing it. So I thought that was an interesting concept. 
and then and then also earlier than that, back when I was in college, I had spent a summer. You know, I went to Stanford, and Stanford had a an agreement where you could go overseas at the same price as your regular tuition. So I took one one summer uh, took classes at uh, Cliveden, which is the old Astor Estate in England. It's, an, it's now a luxury hotel, but back then, on a lease, Stanford had it. So here. You have this house, which is who the Astors, which were probably the richest people in the world at that time, lived in, way out in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, here, here are the Astors. They can live anywhere they want in the entire world. They're from America, but they choose to live in a small town called Maidenhead, which is about an hour or more today by modern train and car from London. And I got to thinking, you know, this is kind of odd. Here you have, you know someone who can live anywhere you always hear how great the city is it has so many restaurants and shopping and all the type of items people always describe with a city and yet these people uh, you know elected on their own free will to live way out in the country in a tiny tiny town you know and they, and they were not isolated if you if you read stories about them out there in maidenhead you know they were very into the community they would actually go and hang out in the in the in the local pubs, they would have all kinds of different Christmas events for kids, and they were they were very much into their community. But they they chose with prices no object, living in a small town. Then you then you overlay onto that, of course, Sam Walton, who if you took and added together all of his kids' fortunes because they were his originally, would it would today be you know I I think the richest guy. In the world, if not definitely in the, in, the, in the top handful, and of course here he is. Price is no object; can live anywhere he wants, and he also lives in a small town. In fact, the whole Sam Walton story is based on small town. From his business successes to his personal life, it was all about small town America. And Wal, you know, Walmart did not go into the big cities till much later. But basically, the entire chain was based on that environment that he loved, which were small towns and small communities. Last item is, you know, I read a lot of biographies. I've got bookshelves filled with biographies of of people, most mostly people who, who did well in business, but also in other items, you know, in the entertainment industry, military. And over and over again, if you read those biographies, you'll notice they all have the same start, which is most of the people started in small towns. A lot of people that people think of as being the the poster boys of city living, like F. Scott Fitzgerald, who wrote The Great Gatsby, you know, and back in the 1920s, he was the epitome of city sophistication, yet he started out life in a small town. Uh, did Catherine Hepburn, and then more in more modern times, Brad Pitt. All these various folks started in small towns, and I think the reason for that is I found from living in one, it's a very empowering environment. So it's, it's you know, when you have a very stable base, you feel very comfortable, you feel like you have a safety net, you're able to do more with your life because you, you, you feel like you've got more vitality and more ability to weather, weather the rejection that you would get by taking on bigger ventures. So, again, uh, you know, I, I became just from various... Conversations and readings, very interested in the concept of small-town living. But unlike Dave, I had never physically lived in one full-time and then made the move from the big city in Dallas over to 
uh, my small town in Missouri back about eight years ago, and have been absolutely overjoyed with it. I mean, it's it's been a big departure. It's a big change, but the benefits from from that change have been huge uh, for me in, in many different ways. And so, since Dave and I both live in small towns, and we both think it's uh, it's it's a very interesting high yield niche for a lot of people who are not you know, having the best of times in their big city, we thought on today's show just throughout the concept that you might consider of maybe relocating from that big metropolitan area to a smaller city. And uh, and that's the whole point of today's show. Right, yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, you know, I basically, I grew up in the, you know, the Denver area. And, uh, you know, after I, you know, got into high school, you know, my family moved us, you know, from, you know, basically one small town to another, and, you know, it was, you know, complete change, you know, as far as growing up, you know, you know, in Denver, you know, I was at a school of, you know, four or five hundred people in my class, you know, I didn't know hardly anybody other than just a, you know, a few people that, you know, lived nearby me, but it was a, you know, just a complete change, you know, I go from school, you know, four or five hundred people in my class to, you know, the first small town, which had about 20 people in my class, um, and we w- then we you know, proceeded to move to a other small town, you know, with around 50. And you know, you know once you get to a town of you know, 50 people in your class, um, you know, you, you basically know everybody in school. You know their families, you know their parents, um, and you know you can you know watch out for each other. And you know, and you know, so you know after you know going through that as you know kind of a you know, the later stages of my early life. You know, we moved to a you know a larger city, and then you know opted to move back to raise our kids in a small town. And it's you know as far as uh, you know raising kids, you know it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, you know, compared to the experiences I had when I was growing up, you know you, you, you your kids are active in sports. They can you know be 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 involved in sports. You know, even if they're not the you know the stars that you know you have, would have to be in a big city, and. Uh, you know, but it, it it's just a you know completely different way of life, and we were able to function very well in in our small town. Right, I mean, and, and you know, and I don't have. We're not going to have a lot of time. We're going to go through a whole lot of points of the benefits and the things you you should consider about making the move to a small town. But I, I one thing I thought we'd talk about for a couple minutes here before the break is just the fact that the, the actual move. A lot of people think about doing things, but they never act on them because at the end of the day, they get. They get nervous. They get scared. Um, you know, the, making the move, which I just did eight years ago, uh, is not that scary. You know, initially, if you've lived in a big city, the concept of moving to a small town is a little frightening because you're you're used to the city. You're you've been kind of brainwashed when you live in a city. All the time, cities will tell you, you know, city living is what you need to be doing. But you know, if you look at a lot of that input, it's coming from you know, store clerks and retail people and people who have a vested interest, a monetary interest in, in trying to convince you that you need to be living in the city. But, you know, I will I will tell you, having just made the move eight years ago, it is not uh, as scary as it would seem. You know, in fact, it was kind of the reverse. It, it, it was actually refreshing. You know, when we got from, you know, the big city of Dallas to small-town Missouri, it was like a decompression. It's like we had been under so much pressure in the city. Uh, you know, from from when you wake up, you know, it's everything's pressured. You have you have rush hour traffic. You've got crime. You're constantly worrying about at night. 
You've got just all, all these pressures. You know, you go to a restaurant, there's a big line. You're always worried about trying to time where you're going to make sure you don't hit traffic. So when we went from that environment to the small town, it was like we were on a, a perpetual vacation. Even to this day, we comment on the fact that it's kind of like we now are living a an endless vacation because a lot of those very negative pressures that we were living under into the city you know, just evaporated instantly when we moved to the small town. I mean, today, if you told me I had to move from a small town back to a large city, I would be truly terrified because I would be going from a very pleasant, non-pressured environment back into a, a unbelievably pressured, you know, unpleasant environment. So I think I think if our if the point of today's show was you should move from a small town to a big city. It would be hard for me to sell you on that idea, probably myself, because I'd be thinking, "Wow, that sounds really horrible." Uh, but but making the move from the big city to the small town is really really easy. I mean, the the hardest part part of the entire transition for us was simply the move. You know, packing up our stuff, lining up the moving company, and that type of thing. But other than the move, once once we got here, and of course the move would be terrible. The move is just terrible anywhere you go, whether it's point A to point B in the big city or wherever. But other than the move itself, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's not it's not scary. It's not hard. So if that's holding you back from pondering the idea, you know, don't let that hold you back because I, I just did it myself eight years ago, and it was not not anywhere near as bad as, as people were trying to tell me, or as I myself thought it might be. And I guess Dave, you've you've been in your town for how long now? Uh, I've been here for about ten years now. Ten years now. Okay. So you've 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 done the move about the same time as I. But you you moved from a town of what size when you moved there? Um, well, from from here we moved from you know it was about a you know million metro. So okay. Well, then you you've I guess we we both made the transition then. He was roughly the same time. Did you also find it fairly relaxing? Um, yeah, just definitely. It's just a complete different way of life. You know, you're not you know. <laughs> You know, drive drive anywhere in town in you know about two minutes. So yeah. All right. Well, we're we're gonna take a break, and then when we get back, we're gonna go over different benefits, both financial and quality of life, to small town living. So this is Frank Roth and Dave Reynolds with High Yield, and we'll be right back. You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. 
All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolf at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. This is Frank Rolf and Dave Reynolds. We're talking today about small-town living and the high-yield benefits of moving from the big city to the small town. And we're going to break up this uh, next part of the show into two pieces. We're going to talk in, uh, at first off about the financial benefits of small towns, and then we're going to move into the quality of life benefits. So on the financial benefits, one of the first things you notice when you move to a small town, or even when you contemplate moving and you start looking at things, is the cost of living is much, much lower. It's in some cases insanely lower based on what item you're talking about. Uh, the the first big one for most people are is the price of houses. You know, when we lived in Dallas, to have a a house on a golf course, to have a house in a you know nice gated area, th- th- those were houses that would cost at least four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars normally. Uh, here here where I am in small town Missouri, and I know Dave's prices are. Or different because he's in, you know, probably in a more desirable for most people area of America, being up there in the mountains of Colorado. But here you can have a, a nice house on a golf course. You can have just a nice house period for a price range of about 150 
to two hundred thousand dollars. So the cost of the housing here is probably anywhere from a half off to two thirds off of what it is if you just go up the highway an hour up into St. Louis. So the the housing is one huge change. So if you're not living in your dream house in the city, you you certainly can probably afford your dream house in the country in the small town. So that's that's the first spot or the first thing that most people notice. Another one is school tuition. If you've got your kids in private school there in the city, right now you're probably paying anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars a year. Uh, in small town America, the town I'm in, the, the tuition uh, for a, a nice private K through twelve school runs uh, between three and four thousand dollars a year. So again, the, the, those at least from our budget were the two most immediate hits. Uh, the housing prices and the school prices, but basically, even even such items as eating out, everything is cheaper now. I think the reason for that is, at least in my town, is people, you know, don't earn as much, and you also have a lot of one-income households here. So basically, when your when your total household earnings are forty or fifty thousand dollars, you have to readjust your spending habits. So the whole small town has built its economy around things that cost less. And as a result, the people who run those businesses also earn less, but that's okay because they've got this culture of everything costing less, so it kind of replicates itself. And, Dave, now your, your, your town's a little different, right, on the housing and such? Yeah, the housing here, you know, it's, it's definitely cheaper than it would be, and, you know, there's, there's places around here where you know, it would be three or four times as much, but, you know, the housing is probably a good 30 to 40% less than in a more metropolitan area. Right. For sure. So any, any way you cut it, I mean, you, you'll find living in a small town is probably right off the top a, a cost savings on the big ticket items of, you know, 40 to 50 percent. And then at least in our town here, even even on such items as, you know, a nice dinner for two with your wife uh, is, again, probably 30, well, probably 30 to 40 percent on that, too, here where I am. Right. And, you know, you're kind of continuing on with that. You know, you, 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 in a small town, you don't typically have that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, type of attitude. You know, you don't, you know, somebody, you know, buys a new car, or, you know, builds a new house. You know, it's not like, okay, you feel like you have to do that. You know, in, in our small town, you know, you can have a, you know, three or four or $500,000 house, you know, and then, you know, next door there's a, you know, $50,000 house, and then next door to that there's a mobile home, and then there's another nice house. I mean, it's, there, there, there's none of that that really goes on. It's, it's more, uh, you know, community-based. Um, you know, you can, you, you'll see the, you know, the president of the bank. You know, you know, maybe his best friend is the guy that works at Subway. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not, you know, where you're in a big city. You know, you know, where you, you only hang out with other, you know, vice presidents and presidents of banks and that type of thing. You know, you're, it, it's more about your family and your kids and you know, your kids in school and. And, and that type of thing, and you know, just have a ton of you know retire, retirees move move to these small towns, especially our town. We have a lot of retire, retirees here, and um, it's just to you know escape you know escape a lot of that stuff, that pressure, and you know from the bigger city. And you know, and it doesn't matter you know how much money you have, what kind of car you drive. You know, it's just it's more about you know how, how friendly you are. Yeah, see, but my town is exactly the same. You know, where, where I live, you know, just just a few doors down from me is everything from. You know, you have a stockbroker who lives next door to an electrician. And I think that's one of the neat parts about small-town living is it's it's a big melting pot. There's really no exclusion. Everyone is treated 
basically the same, and everyone is seen as having a role in the community that everyone needs each other, right? We, we, we need that electrician as badly as someone would need the stockbroker. We need the woman who works in the restaurant as badly as we need the, the town doctor, because without all these different pieces, our, our community wouldn't work. So it's kind of like Gilligan's Island, right? I mean, we have people of all, all different types of earnings and interests and everything else, but, but they don't compete with each other. Instead, they kind of symbiotically all work together to, to make the community work. So I have the same thing in my town. For sure. Uh, another thing that we find in small town living is, you know, shopping, which seems to be the mainstay of the big city, is replaced by other activities because there just isn't much retail around. And, yeah, you know, and if that's really prevalent in our town is, you know, we can, you know, within 10 minutes we can, you know, be floating down the river, fly fishing. We can, you know, hit about, <laughs> you know, 200 lakes um, and 10,000 feet uh, in about 15 minutes. Um, I mean, there's just all kinds of outdoor recreational activities that you could never, you know, get in a big city like you can here. You know, we have all the parks and baseball fields and, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. But, you know, you you can go, you know, fishing and it doesn't cost any money basically to go fishing or, you know, go hiking or, you know, mountain biking, you know, whatever you want to do. It's it's like, you know, within minutes of, you know, the small town and, you know, whereas it's, you know, four hours from, you know, Denver. Yeah, see, my, my town's exactly the same. There, there's, there's really no retail, but instead of retail, we've got, you know, three or four national parks within 30, 40 minutes drive. And I, I really, one of the things I like most about small town living in some ways is the fact there is no retail. Because retail is kind of corrupting. You know, when you live in the city in a, in a retail environment, you know, who you're really benefiting, normally just the retailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like the fact that the, that kind of that, that retail culture is eliminated. And to be honest with you, one thing which is, I think, changed for most people who live in small towns is today with the internet. You know, I don't really need access to retail stores. You know, retail stores come with retail clerks who are always trying to, you know, spur you on to, to buy something. Uh, internet shopping is much funner. There's, there's no clerk. There's, there's no one uh, trying to hard sell you. And the internet has brought basically any good you can buy in the city. I can buy here in seconds online. And have it shipped. So, you know, it's one of the changes. You know, before the internet, you didn't have that, but now we have the same access that the people in the cities do. Right. Uh, you know, a, a, another thing that, that's unique on small town living that that I think Dave and I both enjoyed is the fact that you have a much lower what we call burn rate. At least I call burn rate, as we used to say in the old entrepreneurial world. And what that means is you're you're just your cost of living is much lower and because of that it's much easier to start a business or take a little more risk than you can in the big city for sure and, and, and then uh, uh, you know you know really small towns you know for us you know you know we're big mobile home park investors and you know we, we really like you know you know buying mobile home parks in you know good small towns you know because first of all you know the quality of resident is typically higher than we'll find in a larger city um, and you know our you know, our markets are less competitive. You know maybe the only mobile home park in town. Um, and you know we're you know we've just done very very well. You know you, you know there's a whole lot of things you have to look out for in a small town. But you know I can see on an overall level, you know our parks in good small towns have done better than the ones in the bigger cities. Right. I mean uh, the the be- best mobile home park I've ever had. To, to date, uh, was in the small, well, probably the smallest town I owned a park in. I had a had a park in North Texas, uh, out in a town of 4,000, 
and we, we, we cleared nearly $2 million on the sale of that park over about a seven-year horizon. And so I, obviously from that one deal, this is back when I lived in Dallas, I had a very positive feel towards small towns because they, you know, my, my tenants were very stable. <clears throat> they were very, very easy to handle. And there was not as much competition from other forms of housing. So basically, you know, I, I was free to raise my rents with abandon, and it was very easy to sell homes. So, uh, again, from a mobile home park perspective, small towns have been very good to us and given us some of the best returns we have. Uh, you know, before, before I did mobile home parks, back when I had billboards, it was the same story. You know, I, I would uh, very frequently, in fact, mo- most of my early career, I was building billboards in small towns where big companies had never gone before. And those were, and probably still remain today, some of my highest yielding billboards were not in, you know, greater Dallas. They were they were out in the outskirts. You know, I had, for example, billboards out in Terrell, Texas, which is east. And we were getting ad rates in Terrell that were were probably a little lower than we were getting in, in, in right in central Dallas. Uh, but our costs were, were hugely lower, and our occupancy was much, much higher. So even today in billboards, you know, building, building for example, wooden billboards in small towns, the, those kind of items, the, that's some of the most profitable, most stable features of the, uh, the billboard industry. So really small towns give you a lot of financial advantage in business both due to stability and also less competition. Right. Uh, you know, the best example of that, of course, is is Walmart. Going back to Walmart, you know, yeah, let's, Walmart uh, let's was, come back to that example here right after this break. We'll you know, we'll start in with that, with that here. Okay. So great. We're, right. we're here with high yield and taking a break. All right. Thank the boardroom to you voice america business network if you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate then go to commercial real estate university at creuniversity.com this website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20 percent plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly. President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com. 
because we understand how to ensure investment properties. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolf at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. Today we're exploring the high yields available in small town USA, both financially and in quality of life. Uh, Dave was worried I would go off on a rampage on my Sam Walton story from moments ago, and he's probably correct. I'll try and abbreviate it down. All, all I really wanted to point out was that Sam Walton and Walmart was basically using the exact same business model of Kmart. That's why Kmart and Walmart are so similar. I mean, it's basically uh, you know Wall for Walton and adding the word Mart. But they had very different business models, one which served one well and the other horribly. Uh, Kmart was totally based on urban retail, and Walmart was totally based initially on small-town retail. So Walton took advantage of the very, very stable base and lack of competition in small towns, so he built a very, very strong base throughout rural America, and then after he had that base established, he moved into the cities and, and pretty much wiped Kmart out. So, uh, you know, if you, if you want to read a good biography, read, you know, read one on Sam Walton and Walmart, You'll see kind of a theme throughout any story of Walton is his reliance and his appreciation for small town America. And that's why even after he, you know, made Walmart the biggest retailer in the world, he continued to live there, you know, in a small town because it really had served him well and he really enjoyed it. So now, now we're going to move on to quality of life benefits from living in a small town. Uh, the first one, which we've talked about already earlier, but we'll go over it one more time because it's very important is just just a lack of hassle. You know, when we lived in the city, <clears throat> everything was a hassle. If you wanted to go out to dinner, it was a hassle. You had to make a reservation, and then when you got there, your table wasn't ready, and they'd have you hang around, for, stand there for 30 minutes. Wanted to go to a movie, big hassle. Could you get a ticket? Had to get there early, big lines. It was all about lines and congestion and just generally a hassle to the point that often you didn't want to go anywhere. Because anywhere you went, you just know it was going to be such a pain and so unpleasant, you just didn't want to go anymore. So when you move to the small town, one of the first things that goes away is that element of hassle. So now when I go to a restaurant, I walk right in. There's no line. Don't need a reservation. When I go to the movie here in small town America, don't have to worry. I can always get a ticket. They always have a seat. 
So elimination of that hassle was one of the huge quality of life benefits we got from day one of moving to a small town. All right, and next you know, next item is you know really the the aspect of lower crime. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 not uncommon for you know people in our town to you know basically you know not lock their doors, you know you know go down to the grocery store, people leave the car running, walk into the store, come back out, they leave the keys in the car. I mean, it's you know you, you, you know everybody, everybody knows you, and you know you just you just don't you know have that you know constant threat of crime and. And and all of that, you know. Sure, you'll have, you know, you'll have the typical stuff, but you know, you know, it, then it makes you know just completely big news. And it, but it's just an odd rarity. I mean, you don't you don't go to bed thinking, oh, you know, who's going to break into my house or steal my car? Or did I lock the front door? Set the you know security system and that type of thing. It's just a complete different way of life as compared to you know living in a big city. Yeah, I mean, when we lived in Dallas, it was not uncommon to come out in the morning and have. The uh, the door to your car open because you'd forgotten to lock it, and overnight someone had opened the door of your car to steal whatever you had inside. It's a fair, fairly common crime in Dallas. Here in small town Missouri, you know, my daughter drives to school and she leaves her car key and her wallet and her phone in the car unlocked. Right. You could never do that in Dallas here. You don't even think about it. In fact, I have to frequently remind her that, you know, someday if she moves to the city, you can't do that anymore because it would all be gone, you know, car and all in the city in, uh, you know, in probably a couple days. Uh, the ne- next thing which is unique to small-town living is, you, you, and again, this we're, we're, neither Dave nor I are, are survivalists. We're not out there, you know, burying food in the ground or, you know, buying up weapons. But, you know, it, there's there's no question that if you assume that America has got potential problems in the future with terrorism or social unrest or just any of those kinds of issues, even a natural disaster that causes a breakdown in, in control, such as occurred in New Orleans and, you know, occurred in some spots in Hurricane Sandy. <clears throat> small town is a much better place to be. I mean, I, I don't think anyone would disagree that if you've got a, a problem on a large scale and you've got to fend for yourself for a few days or a few weeks, Definitely living in the small town is a much better environment than the big city. For sure. And then, you know, you know, in a small town, you know, you have, you know, you have it where, you know, everybody knows you and you basically know, you know, everybody. So you know your neighbors and, you know, if, you know, you you need a favor, you know, if you're, you you need somebody to come over and, you know, watch your kid or you need to, you know, you know give somebody a ride to work or school or something. I mean, it's just, you know, the complete community, everybody's there to help everybody else. I mean, I have, you know, anywhere I go, I can literally go and sit down at a table with any of my neighbors in any restaurant, and I immediately can ask them questions on their kids and what they're doing, because over time, since everything is so stable and no one ever moves around, you get to know everybody really, really well. And I, I really like that. I mean, in, in Dallas, you never know your neighbor. If you got stuck with them somewhere, it would be very uncomfortable. You wouldn't know what to talk about. But in a small town, I can literally go up to someone and say, you know, how, how's your daughter doing in college? You know, your son had a great football game last week, whatever the case may be. So it's really neat to know your neighbors. And on the flip side of that is everyone knowing you. When you live in a small town, a lot of people think that is a downside, that people, you know, are, are nosy or know your business. But really, a lot of that is, is them looking out for you. 
And uh, I had a case a while back where I had sold uh, my wife's car to a used car dealer. And next thing I know, a neighbor tells me there's this strange-looking guy trying to find my house. He came to their house, and he couldn't find my house because my house has no number on it. And, and to protect me, the neighbor told him that they'd never heard of me and that they, they think he must be mistaken. They're not even sure that they don't think there is that address in the town. And it turned out the guy who bought my, my wife's old car was trying to locate me because the dealer had told him something about the air conditioning and he was trying to confirm it. But I thought it was pretty neat that my neighbor knew me well enough to know that it, was, it would be a good idea to you know, stop some bizarre-looking strange guy from coming over to my house. So, you know, I, I like the fact everyone knows you. Right, for sure. Then, you know, the next, you know, item is, you know, just basically your, your scenery and your environment. You know, you're, 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 you get up in the morning and, you know, if you want to go for a walk, you know, you can, you know, walk down the road and you're not fighting, you know, traffic, trying to, you know, avoid, you know, all kinds of clutter and mess and other people and, and all of that. You know, you've got, you know, your your scenery is not necessarily the, the high rises and, you know, the smog and the congestion and, you know, you know all those things. You know, you know, here we have, you know, I'm looking out my window right now and you know, I'm looking at you know, mountains and, you know, trees and, you know, it's just a completely different than what I'd be looking at if I was sitting in a big city. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct, David. I look out on, I can see the ridge of Illinois and the Mississippi River from where I am. You you could never find that view in the city. In the city, all I would be able to look out on would be the side of a building, or the uh, the uh, roof of another house, right? Or all over the horizon would be high rises and so much smog. I probably couldn't see the the buildings anyway. So it's a, it's a huge difference. And another difference that's, that's really big that we've already talked about, but we can't talk about enough, is that small towns are very family centered. You know that that is that's the the point to living in the small town is. You know, enjoying and supporting your family, and that that takes center stage, and that's and that's a really neat benefit. When you live in the city, often people's you know goals and things get a little strange, and and they and they lose track of their family. But in small town, family families are you know priority number one. For sure. Um, then you know, really, the next item would be uh, you know where you can actually join you know groups and you know con- con- connect with other people. You know, I you know in our small town, you know, we have you know the the, you know, the local golf you know golf club, and we have and you know at that golf club, you know, you'll have you know kids that are 18 years old and you know people that are 75 years old, and they all all walks of life, and they you know just get along fine. And that's not all about golf; it's just about having. You know, you know, having a you know, somebody to play with, and you know, to you know, have a good time out there. And, um, you know, we have you know the basics. You know, the you know local health club. You know, it's you know you get a you know, bunch of housewives together, and they go down there, and and they're uh, you know basically you know working out together. Then they take their kids to school, and you know they they know know each other. Their kids know each other. They, they you know, and it, you know it's just all these different types of things that you just don't see in a bigger bigger city. I know when I was growing up, it was, you know, my parents were never involved with these type of things that, you know, that we're involved with and my wife's involved with. And, you know, it's just a, you know, complete change and, you know, all all for the better. Yeah, see, and I've got more free time than Dave does, I think. I'm in, you know, the Lions Club, Rotary Club, all these different clubs in town. And these clubs just don't exist, as Dave says, in in a, in a big city. I don't I don't think I've ever seen 
if I lived in the city, an invitation to be in any of those things. Uh, but in small town America, it's it's neat that you're all the time joining things, or people are asking you to join things because it gives you just a bigger circle of friends and people you know, and you know, kind of serving a common purpose. Uh, another big change, of course, is just the consistency and lack of change in a small town. I find very reassuring. You know, they don't. People here do not tear their houses down and build McMansions. They don't tear down old buildings downtown and put up a high rise. So the town looks pretty much the same today as it did, you know, probably 100 years ago. And I, and I kind of like that. You know, when I lived in Dallas, it was like all these places and things I did with my daughter have already been torn down. I mean, even the, the school she went to has already been fully re- redeveloped. I mean, you, you just don't recognize anything. So it's like your, your past is forgotten, and it's hard to really reminisce. And I think we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little, little further about small town living and wrap it up. So this is Frank Roth and Dave Reynolds with High Yield, and we'll be back in just a minute. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you are looking for the highest yielding niches in real estate, then go to Commercial Real Estate University at CREUniversity.com. This website is devoted to exploring the few niches of real estate that can still generate 20% plus returns on your money and offers you college-quality courses on how to locate, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around, and operate the hottest sectors of real estate today. Mobile home parks, billboards, RV parks, and self-storage. All of the materials are written and produced by Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds based on their experiences in over $150 million of real estate bought and sold. If you're looking for real estate investments that make more than low single digits, and if you're looking for 100% facts with no sales pitch, then go to CREUniversity.com or call 800-950-1364. That number again is 800-950-1364. Or visit the website at CREUniversity.com. The affordability gap in this country is considerable. There are simply not enough affordable places to live for the millions of lowest-income households. Jeff Mueller of Marcus and Millichap is one of the nation's top manufactured housing community brokers. As a specialist in the manufactured housing industry, please contact Jeff Mueller to help capitalize on the growing demand of affordable housing. Whether you're an investor looking to achieve double-digit returns or an owner considering expanding your position through a tax-deferred exchange, Jeff Mueller can help. Please call Jeff at 303-328-2049. That's 303-328-2049. Hi, I'm Kurt Kelly, President of Mobile Insurance. Mobile is a specialty investment property insurance agency. Parks, self-storage facilities, rental properties, commercial buildings. We offer the coverage you need, explained clearly, and low rates. Call us at 800-458-4320 or visit us at mobileagency.com because we understand how to insure investment properties. 
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to High Yield with Frank Rolfe and Dave Reynolds. If you have a question or comment about our program this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to frank.rolf at gmail.com. Now, back to High Yield. Welcome back to High Yield. We're talking today about the high yield potential of living in a small town. And uh, we're talking right now about the quality of life benefits. The next one we want to talk about is the inclusion of all generations of a family. You know, when we lived in Dallas, we seldom saw grandparents. You know, you, you saw kids, you saw parents. You really never saw grandparents. Didn't see many many older folks at all. And in the small town, you see them constantly. Every every sports game, you know, there will be the, the parents and there will be the grandparents. And often both sets of grandparents. So, uh, you know, that that's kind of unique. And, uh, again, really like that. It's obviously going to be a more benefit to me here in, in another decade or so, uh, hopefully. But uh, but that inclusion of all generations gives you, gives you kind of, a, again, a very pleasant feeling because, you know, you've, you've got everybody on board, everybody together, and you don't have that kind of mysterious where did the older folks go that you often see in the big city. Right, you know, just a you know another example of that is you know you know going to high school here in this small town, then you know moving away and then coming back, you know you know our you know all all the people we we grew up up with, you know my wife and I, you know my wife was actually born in this small town, is you know you know your your you know the people you grew up with, you know that their kids are you know now in school and you know some of them have grandkids and. I mean, it's just, you know, at some point, you know, you're almost like four or five levels of some of these families, and, it, you know, it's just a, you, you know everything about them, and, you know, they know everything about you, and it's just a, you know, real pleasant experience. Right. See, I think that that, 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 that goes to our next point, which is, the, you know, small towns have a spirit of helping everyone without personal gain. You know, in the city, everyone's always thinking, you know, what can I get out of this person? How can I convert this relationship to to money, right? So if you've got... People together at a party. They're all trying to sell each other insurance or Amway or whatever the case may be. In small towns, it's very different. People do things all the time, and maybe it's because, as Dave says, there's big generations of family, but they're doing it without any kind of personal gain or material benefit. People just want to help each other. So people will help people who there's no way they can ever reciprocate. They can never help them back, but they do it just because of a spirit of helping people. For sure. And then, you know, another item would be, you know, the ability to, you know, with the cost savings and, you know, cheaper housing and all of that is the ability to have a, you know, more of a one-income type household. You know, and, you know, most most cities today, you know, it seems like, you know, both both spouses have to work and, you know, just to, you know, get by. But, you know, there's numerous people, you know, in our small town that, you know, just it's, you know, the husband works and, you know, the wife's with the kids and, you know, takes them to school and, you know, is available you know, at all times, so it's a complete different you know atmosphere, you know, on the, on the level as well. Right. And see, you know, my my wife does it work. Dave, does your wife work? Um, no, I mean, you know, I give her jobs to do sometimes, but no, she doesn't. You know, come right. to work she, every day. Yeah. In the big city, how often do you find people where both spouses do not work? Very, very rarely. So, <clears throat> again, if you want to have more of that traditional one-income household, that's very much alive and well in in a small town. 
Uh, the next item is the ability to have kids that actually flourish because they know that they've got a, a reasonable environment they can succeed in. You know, here in my small town, and I imagine Dave's is the same, you have people frequently, they'll, they'll get out of high school and they'll get married and have kids and they're fine, right? You, you could never do that in a big city. It's so expensive. There is no way that someone, you know, straight out of high school could get married, have kids, and have any quality of life. Here in my small town, it's, it's, it's very common. And I think that makes the kids, you know, just happier and generally feel more secure because they know that they can actually have a, a, a decent life on their own. Whereas in the city, most of my, my neighbors in, in Dallas were supporting their kids, you know, both financially, often, often buying them condos or paying their rent or whatever they could do because the cost was so high it was almost impossible to even rationalize how you could survive unless you had some kind of highly skilled degree or something. So uh, that's that's an important item to me is the fact that my daughter can, you know, doesn't have to worry about you know having a nice quality of life because she can always do that here. For sure. And then you know just the kind of the, the small town culture. You know you have you know you know you know, you have a lot of friends that you know you have a lot of different churches and church groups and. And all of that, you know, you're, you know, you, you go to church, you, you get to know everybody in the congregation, and you know, and you know, kind of leads to, you know, you having better morals, and you know, you know, really like, you know, say you're, you're, you don't see the, you know, the higher divorce, divorce rates, and you know, all that kind of stuff you see in those bigger cities all the time. It's just, you know, it's much more common and, you know, accepted in the big city as, you know, compared to a small town. Right, you know, when, when I was in the the big city, I was in a uh, father-daughter program called Indian Princess, which you go on camping trips, mostly four four or so campouts a year. So you have ten, ten pairings of dads and daughters. It starts the program starts in kindergarten and goes through second grade. And in my little tribe of those ten dads, which were folks pretty much in my neighborhood or in the in, in the areas very near my neighborhood. Of those ten original dads, by the time the program ended, so imagine just over a three-year span, uh, most of them had had become divorced. We had uh, the the head of the tribe was actually served his divorce papers on the way to the final campout, which is kind of a fitting ending. <laughs> but and then of the dads who didn't get divorced during that three-year period, two of them were not on their first wife. Even then, so so the long and the short of it was out of, out of the ten dads by the end of the program, only myself and another dad or so were not either divorced or had been divorced prior. That is really a terrible statistic, in in my opinion. But uh, again, in small town environments, it's just it's just different. It's culturally just the way the community operates. Most people are so family focused, and they're so far away from a lot of things that could. You know, tantalize them to get into trouble that it just generally works out better. So again, the point of this this week's show has been just the high yield benefits, both financially and quality of living in in small towns. You know, there there are great places, for example, mobile home parks, billboards, other items. They're, they're a great business venue. They're a very safe place to operate. But also on today's show, we just want to encourage you to consider. You know, if you don't love where you're where you're living, if you don't have happy happy thoughts all the time of of your quality of life you know you really ought to consider moving to a small town because it's it's not hard to do it's not hard to go look at even this weekend i mean just get in your car and drive out an hour from where you are and you'll, you'll be in small town america and see if that might work for you also on, on next week's show we're going to be talking about rv parks which 
kind of tie into this theme because a lot of RV parks are built both on, on financial bearings and also quality of life bearings. A lot of folks have, have, have you know, enjoy both a high yield on income as well as a high yield on quality of life by owning and operating RV parks. So that, that'll be our topic for next week. And again, you know, if you have any questions, always feel free to email those in. We'd, we'd love to answer any question you might have about this week's show or shows of the past or shows going forward. And again, this is Frank Rolfe and uh, Dave Reynolds uh, here for High Yield, and we appreciate you being here this week. Thanks again for tuning in to High Yield. Please join Frank and Dave next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great and profitable week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.